On today's program, I have the opportunity to sit down with the founder and CEO of the Hollister Group, Kip Hollister. Kip formed her staffing company back in 1988, and since that time, that company has grown to become Boston's premier staffing agency. Most recently, Kip has expanded her offerings to include the Cultures Division of the Hollister Group, which focuses on executive and corporate coaching, helping business leaders bring people-centric principles to their companies. Kip is an award-winning CEO, motivational speaker, and as you'll hear, brings her authentic self to everything she does. It has been an honor and a privilege to get to know Kip over the past couple of years, and I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. And so here is Kip Hollister. Welcome to another edition of Chapters. My name is Jim Derrick. And today in studio, I am thrilled to welcome my friend, the CEO and founder of the Hollister Group, Kip Hollister. Welcome, Kip. Thank you, Jim. I'm so happy to be here. I want to share with our listeners an amazing story of connection that happened to you and I last year when we first got to know each other. Having never met Kip before, I was referred to her by a friend of mine who thought we might have something in common. And Kip, invited me to be on her podcast, Wellbeing Walks with Kip Hollister, and I highly recommend the podcast series. And we went out and recorded the program. It was one of the most inspiring and authentic conversations I've had in a long time. And a lot of our conversation revolved around the ongoing struggle that I was having with my son, Jack, and how I was coping with that. As we came out of the woods that day, you were kind enough to reach into your purse and pull out a prayer card for your beautiful son, Chase. And you shared that with me and said, Jim, I know something of the walk that you're on. I've experienced loss. You know, both of us kind of had a moment, I think, where I know for me, I thought, oh my gosh, now I know why we're here. (laughs) You know, now I know why we met. And I left really prayerful and thinking about Chase and you and the journey that you'd been on since 2018 with his with his death. And then, of course, fast forward to July of this year and uh, we lost our son, Jack. And you were so kind in reaching out to me, offering me support. And we did another podcast, a follow up to that first one. And I just uh, had to say how grateful I am for you, for your willingness to share with me so so openly about your story and for our connection. It's something I will treasure forever. So, and like you did with this, with our series of podcasts, I do want to dedicate this podcast to our sons, mm-hmm. to Chase and to Jack, and, yeah. um, and talk about Kip Hollister and how you've managed to be a very successful CEO and founder of the Hollister Group and how you've developed the cultures division within the Hollister Group and dedicated much of that work to your son. Mm, gosh, yes. Thanks, Jim. And thanks for that dedication. It's uh, so impactful. Well, you know, so first of all, I feel as a human, as a leader, as a mother, right, we are 
this process of life is iterative. <laughs> and I think the journey of being a CEO is iterative, too. It's a lifelong learning, and I never feel I've arrived, which I think is a phenomenon. You know, it's just a phenomenon. And when I – so if I look at my life, oh, my gosh, I mean – you know, just starting off a, a quite an insecure human with all those voices in the head, right, saying I'm not enough and I'm not worthy and ending up in staffing and realizing that I did have I did have something. Mm -hmm. I had a knack for people, a knack for connection. I always have been this seeker as a as a human being. And it was in, you know, starting the Hollister, at the time it was Hollister Associates, I was only a kid. Yeah, you were like, only 26 or so? I was like so? 26. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had no clue what I was doing. Sure. But what I did know is that what was important to me in running an organization was the connection with people. Yeah. And the connection with community. And I always have felt that way, probably because I'm a preacher's kid, you know, with both parents very involved, five, one of five. And through my development, my self-development, learning leadership, right, through the School of Hard Knocks, no MBA, a college degree, it was the vulnerability that I had to show because that was how I created culture. Mm -hmm in the young years of Hollister, right? So if I messed up, I would own it, I would fess up, and I realized that, huh, this is something. But I also, at the same time, still had those voices in the head that were saying, I'm not, I'm a fraud, I'm not good enough, I shouldn't be doing this. And so it was through many highs and lows, living through three recessions, the second recession, our company nearly went bankrupt. Nearly bankrupted. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. I got a home equity line to right. pay my employee. It was that dark. And at the time, four children, right? It was just a really scary time. And I, I kind of hit rock bottom not knowing it because I was one of those uber doers living on three, four hours of sleep, you know, wanting to be the best mom and the best, see like I wanted to do it all. And the messaging at that time was you could absolutely do all of that and then oh, some, and please. if you didn't, you were a failure. Oh, please, yeah. please, please. Yeah. Yes, failure wasn't an option at that right, time. Right. And it was, you know, so it was through my awareness that something had to give and it was coming um out of that second recession that I said, you know what, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to live my life this way. And if I go into another recession, I want to be different. And that's when I started really exploring and going out to Deepak Chopra Center, learning meditation, bringing, I bought a brought a big meditation space into 75 State Street sure. in Boston way back and before any of this was going right. on. And, and so you bringing that into your into the culture of the of the organization. I think I read yeah. that that the first time that you open that you might have one person oh, show please. up. Right. So oh. so not exactly op uh, open arms in terms of the reception. Not at all. Right. Not at all. And I and I realized that it was through my journey of highs and lows and and experiencing and sharing vulnerably that I wanted to make a difference in my company. And I was full of it, saying I was developing my people. I said, you know, we have values, and, and I do believe we live and breathe our values. But what I wasn't living and breathing was the development of my people. 
Uh, Personally and professionally. Okay. And that's really what led to the opening of the Institute. Interesting. Okay. How did you... So, it's, it, first of all, let's unpack a couple of mm. things. The first thing is, so interesting to hear you say and admit and be vulnerable around the fact that y- you really you really felt like an imposter. 100%. For, for, for a period of time. Still do. And I was just going to say, I was, that's exactly where I was headed, Kip, yep. because for me, that imposter keeps popping back up again. And I think, I, I always say, I think I slayed you. Yeah. You know, and it's so interesting because it doesn't correlate with... Success. In other words, you can build something like you've built. I can have the Safe Coalition doing work in the community, and still that voice shows up. What do you do with that voice now? So I, well, so I've mastered um, making that voice my friend. Okay, so it's really, it's actually not killing it. It's an aspect of us. Okay, so that's in me, part of me, but I am able now to talk to it say hello and tell it it's a fraud because you know this goes into our thoughts right we all have thoughts but you aren't your thoughts and most of your thoughts are negative 85 to 90 percent of them are negative that's what i learned Mm -hmm. at the deepak Chopra center and i thought oh my gosh i'm so excited because Mm -hmm. i'm human i thought it was just me and so then when i learned that i got very curious about separating myself from the imposter voices and attending to the real voices, right? The worthy voice, value voice, the I'm enough voice. And that's the distinction. It is critically important, though, that people draw a connection to others, right? Connection to say, oh, it's not just me. It's you, too. Right. I mean, that's it's 100%. critically important. I, there's a, a great TED talk. I've forgotten the gentleman that comes out. Maybe, you know, he's a he's a software developer. He comes out in jeans and a T-shirt and he's got, I don't know, 4000 worldwide employees. And he says, basically, I'm an imposter. Sure. And that's the whole it's that imposter syndrome. So it happens to everybody. It happens to Bruce Springsteen. It happens yes. to everybody. It's part of the human condition. But we have to connect and talk about it in order to know how to deal with it. And so you've got this imposter syndrome that that comes and goes. And I just think that's so helpful for listeners to hear because it does happen to everybody. Um, The other thing that I I, that I you you say you you got to a point in your business and you realized that you hadn't engaged in what personal and professional development, personal development for your employees. What were the symptoms of that? What did you notice around your business that was lacking or that had been impacted by not giving them that opportunity? Well, I think it it came more from my own awareness about myself and who I wanted to be in my business mm-hmm. because I was feeling like I wasn't bringing my whole self to the business because I was thinking that I had to be someone different in business and not bring in this personal aspect. And, and the other part is I found that people in my company, for whatever reason, I didn't feel were living their real true self. I could, you know, when you just read it, can sense it. And I was feeling as if, you know, our business is very transactional. And from day one, I did not want to be transactional. I wanted to be relational. I wanted to be transformative. I mean, I'm very clear on that in terms of and to people development. Yeah. And so often, you know, people will joke about, oh, have you met Kip yet? Because I take you to a deeper place. Because I want to know if, if I'm interviewing someone, I don't want your fake self. I want your real self. And so I like to hear stories of where, you know, you failed. And 
where you've gotten feedback that wasn't good. And I like to watch and observe how one responds, because what I know to be true is that we all have those imposter voices. And if I can have you be authentic with me and attach no meaning to it on an interview and tell you this is a place where we want to develop you as a human, as a leader, that is going to allow us to get more out of that out of that person mm. and productivity goes up morale goes up yeah so there's a there's a big reason to there do is. that and there's also the human reason which is i think tied to our to our son's legacies yes. which is that life's short life is so short and while we're here doing whatever it is we need to do to build a career, to build a company, no matter what it is you manufacture, what services you provide, what field you're in, the bottom line is we're all engaged with other human beings. And isn't it a better world when we can celebrate their humanness in, in a place where they're going to spend more time than they spend at home, which is at work? So true. And, and so uh, I just find it fascinating that a 26-year-old Kip Hollister brought her whole self to the business mm-hmm. and without even knowing. And and one of the things that we said in, in our early podcast is you said that's when the magic happens is when you don't even realize you're doing it. I know. And you and you look back and you say, boy, that's something that that I can work with and develop because it really worked for me. And that's been my experience. You mentioned connection mm-hmm. um, and and the fact that that's what you do really well is connect. So let's amplify that. And that's usually in hindsight you can see how that connection manifests itself in your business with your clients. So, and now what you're doing is you're taking cultures cultures division to your clients and tell us what you do and how you work with, with uh, Fortune 500 companies, with any company in transforming their culture. Well, so what's so funny, right, is that, so I've had this staffing company for over three decades. So I've watched thousands of people come through my own organization to work for me. And what I know is that we all hide behind our limiting beliefs. And we hide and we put on a facade to look good. We want to prove ourselves. We want to be right. There's all of these blind spots that all of us have. And so if we can uncover and discover the true essence of our being, which is, by the way, where you get most out of your employees and your staff, then you have a lit up culture. Culture then is the byproduct of us being able to be human at work. I mean, you look at this whole DE&I space right Right. now, really about can we all be inclusive? Can we accept everybody? Can we listen? Can we not have, I mean, this defensiveness I find so intriguing in in a lot of people right now to be defensive about self-discovery. See, I've always been curious. So I always say be curiosity over judgment because if we can be in that space, we're going to connect more deeply. There'll be more trust. There'll be psychological safety. And all of a sudden, we're having fun at work rather than self-protecting and 
politicizing and all of that. It it just doesn't need to be that way. And of course, fear, in my opinion, experience is the root, right, of of that type of defensiveness. And the old me, hopefully the old me, was the type of guy who would condemn condemn something before investigation. I would would sit there and say, hey, you know what? My fear tells me this is change and I hate change. So let's just condemn it before I even experience it. DEI is a perfect example. I hear people grumble about it all the time. Usually guys that look like me, you know, middle-aged white guys that, that say, ah, you know, what is this is ridiculous. I got to put pronouns after my name and everything. And, you know, it's that fear and the inability to connect or the unwillingness to connect with people that keeps us from discovering those connections, number one. And number two, personal growth. So I mean, I've, I've learned so much right. from people that do have different pronouns than I have. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's it's fascinating. So you're you're going through this and you're bringing your this sort of cultural change to to companies. You see increased improvement uh, in terms of productivity. Um, there are metrics behind it, but I know from listening to your podcast, the other great thing that happens is you have corporate leaders who are really taking a look at at their own personal inner sovereignty i guess is what i'll yes, call it which yes. is a, is a, is another story that we'll <laughs> talk to talk about later but you're really helping people bring their humanness not only to their company but to themselves these are leaders that have been i assume fed messages over the years that You'll know when you've arrived when and mm-hmm. uh, stay stoic and, and, and stay on course and on task and, and not really been encouraged to do a lot of self-care. Yeah, well, I would agree. I mean, I think that the more up the ladder you go, the less self-care. And I yeah. don't get it because it should be reversed because we must build our energy so that we can give. And when I'm depleted, I mean, that's what happened to me. I got depleted and I thought, I can't do this. I'm not good at, you know, that whole the imposter voice screams when you're tired and you're stressed and you're in fear. So your amygdala, literally, you know, you're in fight flight and you're not at all tapping into creativity or innovation. You know, when we talk about, oh, innovation and creativity, well, it's if we're in a fear-based culture <laughs> or system, there's no access to fear. Mm-hmm. There's no access to love, right? You can't have anger and love mm-hmm. as a you can't have two conflicting thoughts or emotions. And so I what you know, I know this now and it's kind of like, oh my gosh, these principles are so universal that are so easy to teach and coach to to leaders, to teams which is all this area right now of emotional intelligence, but also positive, you know, positive intelligence, right? It's how do we feed the sage in each of us, mm-hmm. right? To your point, that inner sovereignty in each of us so that we can be better first for ourselves, but then within the organization where I work and mm-hmm. within the community and my family. Yeah, you know, and, and incorporating this whole wholeness this this holistic approach that you have to business i assume had a good impact on your family life as well I mean, you're, you can't divorce the two i mean you can't no. if you're developing your your personal self your inner sovereignty professionally then obviously it's coming home with you did you see that impact that the type of mom you were the type of wife you are yes well so for me i've always always had family first which is kind of interesting, right? Because, you know, as a young 
CEO that didn't know what she was doing and quickly having two kids, four kids, it was um, a challenge, but I, I felt it that they came first. So I think that I was, I was giving so much. Um, I wasn't self-caring like I needed to, which is kind of when I said I got to go away for a week and ended up at the Deepak Chopra Center. But I, I feel as if my heart has always been in this giving space. Mm-hmm. And yes, it has impacted my family. I think the impact now, especially since Chase, is much more bold and courageous to step in and declare who I am and what I'm a stand for. I was a little wobbly before Chase. like, And that's why this whole rebrand, right? Because it was like I had this institute over here. It was like my toy. I mean, I even had advisors say, you know, what are you doing? Like, that's a lifestyle Uh, You know, get that. Don't have that in your business. And so now I'm a firm believer. I'm a stand behind it. The work we do, um, the difference it makes. And and yes, I believe that I now can be a proud mother, a proud business owner, a proud sister, a proud community member all in one. And and that's what has morphed for me. This is so inspiring. Mm -hmm. You landed on the Institute at the time in the cultures division now and thought, I think, think my inner voice is guiding me in the right direction, but (laughs) it doesn't look right. When I, when I pick my head up from my website and I look around at other businesses, I don't see any other models Uh of this. And so I'm going to go back in. So we'll keep this here as my pet and we'll kind of, if somebody's receptive, then I'll, then I'll certainly engage them. But if they're not, then we'll just push it aside and make sure they don't see it. Chase passes. Yeah. And you have this crystallization of vision and you say, I am honoring my heart. Right. Everyone else get out of the way. Right. And I don't care anymore. And I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. you get to live into that wholeness of who you are. So true. And you actually get to practice what you've been preaching, which is exactly what you said in an interview that I read about, about this process. You're practicing what you preach because of the inspiration of Chase. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Chase. Mm-hmm. He passed, he was 23, mm-hmm. um, one of four. He was your, he was your son. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, Kip, you know, we're on the same walk together. So sad. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Chase, the boy, oh. the man. Oh, I mean, the most humblest of humans, yeah. really humble. Was such a quiet leader. But, you know, just uh, this essence. He had the essence, the glow in his eye. He had no ego. He actually, he was a great lacrosse player, basketball player. But I would say he, like me, you know, didn't love it because of winning competition. He loved it for being with people and the connections. Mm. And so he was a very gentle soul. He was soft. He was like a marshmallow, very feeling. You know, you, you can't yell at Chase. I mean, he would crumble. Um, but he was also the life of the party. <laughs> you know, so he, he would just bring everybody together. Yeah. I mean, to this day, you know, we, we have all of his friends come and we do Hoops for Hyde. And he, it, it's, it, he just brings – he also supports underdogs. He's, he goes and finds the people that are – over there and are unique in their own right and he loves them for who they are and non-judgmental kind yeah that's the essence of him did i read that he was um 
he came in and, and medit- uh, engaged, taught you to meditate? Did he teach you to meditate or am I wrong on that? <laughs> oh, he's laughing now. Is he? Uh, sorry no. about that, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, but he, but he, enga- he w- that's, well, that's he, Jack he did, teaching me to meditate. Yeah, he did an internship and I... Um, I had him do some retreats. Oh, okay. I had him do retreats. Right. Uh, yeah. I didn't believe uh, the, in punishment and grounding. I believed in sending you to <laughs> develop your self-awareness. I love that. Well, yeah. Why, grounding doesn't work. It yeah. just creates anger. And so let's do some self-improvement. Let's look inward. So he did a lot of, he did do a lot of that, which yeah. was so extraordinary. I love that. And I love the way you talk about Chase. I love the expression in your eye. Um you have an active relationship with Chase. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, I, you know, and that's another thing that's a little out there. But and I, I, I keep private with it. I really do. I do. I, I in our young years, you know, it's been four years now. I was more out with it. And now I am more private. Not I mean, I, not that I don't mind talking about it, but it's just I don't know. It's grown. The energy has grown. I understand. And the connection that that veil between here and the other side is is thinning. And if anyone wants access, anyone can have access. I love that. And and I four years is nothing, yeah. time wise. Um, and I'm learning now that early grief. I thought early grief was the first few days, and it's more <sighs> like a few years. Uh. But it's an evolution. Uh, not only the grief, but this understanding of the new role that we play as parents to our sons and the new role that they play in our lives. And for me, it's an evolution. Yeah. And I'm so excited to hear you say that that space, that gap between understanding the spirit life and our lives here is thinning for you. And that gives me hope. I know, because sometimes what I find in grief is that we think if we aren't grieving, we're not connected to them. Okay, so if you're not every day with the darkness around you, there's it's weird. It's there's a comfort to that as I feel like I'm I'm in deep grief, but it's actually the reverse because when we we our sons can't access us when we're in deep grief. So we got to move through that to access the higher frequency to connect with them. And once we experience that joy, it can come through more and more and more. And that's when the veil thins and thins. So it's a bit wow. of an oxymoron. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of an oxymoron. And and so, uh, you know, I have well, there's so many people who have lost loved ones and and they say to me, how are you even coping? And I know now how I mean, listen, I, I there'll be days where I just want to stay in bed. And by the way, I do. I mean, you, you listen to your body, you listen to your emotions. Yet, the opportunity to move through grief and experience joy again and appreciation and connection, for me, is a much better option than being a victim to my circumstances and condition of being the mom that lost her son, yeah. her only son. And, and you have that opportunity, too. You and I, I, I talked about I do, that. and I'm so grateful for it. It sounds weird. Uh, to say out loud, but I am grateful for the opportunity. Right. Not grateful that he passed, but but that's part of the flow. I mean, that, that was just 
that's what happened. I don't have a role in that. Exactly. Um, but what I do have a role in is that choice. And I, I, it's so inspiring to hear you say this, and I appreciate it so much and really cherish it because that is that is the choice. The choice is to live into being a victim or to live into I want to evolve, I want to grow into and create um, whatever is new in front of me with this grief. We right. can we move forward with it. We don't get over it. Right. There's nothing. Right. I don't want to get over anybody. No, and you never will. <laughs> and, no, grief is, is forever and it it's is. going to change. It's, um, in fact, I had one person say to me, I, I could never go on if I lost my child, mm. which <laughs> I thought was a little comical. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do now? Well, right. <laughs> Would you have me just, you know, drive over that bridge? Right. And, and, you know, the truth is, I get it. It's fear. We don't we don't know what's going to come, you know, of us. Um, we wonder if that is something we can survive. And you are living, living proof that uh, not only can survive, but you can continue to grow and have joy. And I love what you said about that deep grief needing to resolve to the point where you can have those moments of joy so that you can then be in closer conscious contact mm -hmm. with our sons. My experience right now mm -hmm. is that you said something earlier about we feel like we're not in touch with our kids if we if we stop grieving. And that's me right now. Yes. So you gave me a real gift there. Yes. Because if I like today, I'm having a great day. Yes. Um, I got out of bed and thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't feel this way. See what I mean? I'm losing yes. touch. No, no, no. You do. You do. I you did. say, yeah. It was it, like an in reflex. Right. Right. Because the, there's a there's all we we can get addicted to grief. Yeah. I don't mean that in a hard way. But the neural pathways to the brain can keep you stuck in grief if you let it. And if you choose it, mm -hmm. it's a choice. And when you're ready to move through the grief and transmute that grief energy to fuel it in a new way to serve humanity, right? You know, it's, it's you know, I think about like this amazing online course that I do, Chase Your Dreams, came out of my grief, right? And unlocking the mind, out of grief. But look at, that's, that is channeled energy that is meant to happen. We all have this opportunity to reframe and look at what we want to do with it because our life circumstances are our life circumstances and we all have stuff and you are answering a question for me that chase is really a guide 100 percent. jack is a guide for me yes uh you are dedicating your work and not just dedicating like with a plaque on a wall or something you are channeling that energy that wholeness, that wonderful person into your work, inspired by, informing you, learning from, and with an active relationship. Mm -hmm. And I feel that like that's the path I've, I was on, but like your ori original reaction to the cultures division, I kind of feel like that's the right way to go, but I'm not sure of myself yet. My footing's a little unstable. And so hearing from somebody who's walking this walk a little more advanced than I am down the road, is really, really helpful. Yeah, and let me be clear. It's not like, it's it's very subtle. It's subtle, right? But you know it when you know it, right? Because I was dimming my light. I was dimming my light out of fear. 
right? Out of fear of judgment, out of fear of being found out, out of fear also of all these imposters. And I realized, you said it earlier, life is short. And I don't know, something kicks in and every single moment, day that goes by, you and I, we get to choose how to greet the moment with an individual that maybe pisses you off. You know, I mean, like I look at my company right now, we're going through so much change management and there's so many emotions that people are feeling. And I just hold the energy of open heart and openness to new and intentionality. And when we can be in that space, that is, again, where the magic happens. And that's what I trust now. See, I used to be in fear, right? If if there's if there's stuff going on and if things are messy, I got afraid and I'd shrink or I'd acquiesce or I and now there's this new groundedness and this is the these are the principles back to principles that are universal that we teach and coach on so that people become more resilient in their life and attach themselves to something greater than themselves. Oh, man. Do you see? I do. I mean, I just get crazy about it. I do. And I and I love what you said, because who hasn't? I mean, if for, for listeners, who hasn't been in a position where you say, you know, I'm really sure of what I'm doing. And then, as you said, things get messy. So for me, I can I know when there's something that this family recovery center that we're opening from my own lived experience and from the feedback of many people, I know this is something that needs to be there. Yes. We can, this space is, is critical for people. But every now and then someone will come along and plant a seed, unknowingly in my mind, of doubt. You know, gee, really, do you need all that space? Does it have to look like that? Why, does, why don't you do this? Wouldn't your energy be better put over here? And for a moment, I get sidetracked and I think what you're talking this grounding that you're talking about where you're firmly in place you know the principles that I'm talking about with the family recovery center are built around basically what you're talking about which is connection number one yes meeting people where they're at yes offering safe space yes. for people for healing yeah offering yoga meditation Reiki other strategies for people to get long-lasting change and and put them on a path for long-lasting change these are principles that are that aren't new Mm -mm. Uh, they're they're grounded in 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 um, um, good and sound you know holistic practice, but like that imposter, that little devil comes up every now and then and tries to knock me off. And what you're talking about is a resolve that, like you said, I think you said it's subtle, mm -hmm. but important. It's important that I honor the voice that keeps me grounded all the time to say. Hey, in the middle of this storm that's happening, mm -hmm. all this doubt, all mm -hmm. of the confusion, people pissing me off and, and challenges, blame. blame, right? Gee, the grant didn't work out the way we thought it did or, you know, just stay firm, firmly planted in the ground. Well, and, and, and stay firmly planted and not in judgment. I, I You know, it, it's like what's happening is a gift. It's always a gift. Everything that happens is a gift. And I think that the more curious one can be in the moment without defensiveness, right? People, there's so much self-protect in companies right now. And, and I think, and positional places, yeah. you know, being positioned and agenda-driven. And none of that really worked. And that goes back to something you said right at the outset, which was that you brought your whole self 
to your business mm-hmm. right from the the time you founded the business. That, that's something that just was in you. Mm-hmm. So all that jockeying for position that that has been historical, office politics, all that type of thing. Um, how does bringing your strategies into a business culture, how does that change the office politics, that landscape of jockeying for position, the one-upmanship? You, you really... I mean, when you when you develop a common language, it's all based in communication. So it's communication training. I mean, it, you know, so that there's safety even there. This isn't woo woo. You know, we have to ground, we have to land the plane for meeting you where you're at, right? So it's communication training because when you train in communication, and I know, and I can build trust, and I can say what's on my mind, and I can separate out. Here's the key: fact from interpretation, because we all run our own narratives, but they're not based in fact. It's our story that we make up about a certain situation, right? I didn't get the promotion because yes. Jack got it politically or whatever. Well, no, you didn't get the promotion. That's a fact. Let's dig into why you didn't get the promotion without the story attached to the interpretation so that there's more authenticity in learning, understanding, leaning in, being with Whatever I'm feeling, right? And responsibility. And responsibility. I mean, let's call it what it is. I can't control the outside jacks of the world or somebody else's impression, nor do I have really. I really don't know. You don't know. It's unknowable. I can't say I didn't get it because Kip hired Jack because of this or that. I don't know what Kip was thinking. So it really lands a responsibility where it needs to be. Right. And that's in yourself, the only thing you can control. 100%. Right. 100%. Interesting. So taking personal responsibility and ownership over your life at work authentically right and and transparently yes and the other part is really mining your mind because your thoughts create your reality and most of your thoughts are so negative and they are habituated and the same thoughts you thought today are the same ones you thought yesterday and a month ago so we must look at that and release those so that we can start feeding new thoughts that serve what you're up to and they and they pay it forward to what you want to become rather than from past so people live so much from past you know that's never how many oh come on how many oh that's never going to work or we've tried that before all of this negative energy that comes from past rather than what if what imagine if what could be possible that it, when you get people generating with a new language, a new way of thinking and being and doing, that is what then I think helps the evolutionary process that we are now in post-pandemic to feed better leadership, better companies, better systems. And who doesn't want to be part of an enterprise that has a vision that says and a culture that says, hey, what if? I agree. How exciting. How exciting. How exciting. And, and what if? And by the way especially if the leaders of that organization are also engaged in their own personal what-ifs. 100%. You encouraged me and inspired me to continue with education. Yes. And I'm in school. I'm happy to report. I haven't flunked out yet. so happy. (laughs) I am happier than I could could tell you, but that resulted Uh from you saying, hey, Uh don't walk by the what-if. So true. You know, And, and, and don't pay any attention to that voice in the background that's saying, dude, you're 62 years old. You got no 
business being in school. I'm so excited, and I have zero outcome in mind. The exactly. outcome that I have is I'll be in class again next Wednesday, right. and I have a workshop over the weekend, and I'm enjoying it. I love it. Right? I love it, yes. Who doesn't want to be a part of a culture like that? I and know. why... Why do we handcuff ourselves to our chairs and say, no, there's only one way to do this and you got to climb the ladder and, you know, play the politics and all that. And that's what the the culture's division of the uh, Hollister, Hollister group, <laughs> the I know. Hollister, culture's division of the Hollister group um, is is attacking and and helping people, uh, coaching people. You do both corporate coaching for, for CEOs and for, for leaders as well as work right within the company to, to help, help manage that cultural change mm-hmm. and that shift. Management training. Yeah, wonderful. You wrote a song mm-hmm. and were inspired by your son yeah. called Inner Sovereignty. Yes, with my brother. Can Dad. you talk, talk a little bit about this song and its development? Oh my gosh, okay. Well, so so my brother, whom I just adore, who's an incredible musician, Chad Hollister, is starting to kind of do corporate gigs now, like corporate songs, right? So I said, oh my gosh, totally I want to do real, because that's what uh, our whole acronym is for the Cultures Division. And so we wrote real, and that's for the Hollister group. And then it came to me, I said, you know what, I, I, I need another one, and it's Chase is channeling it. And so Chad and I, I mean, it was so easy. And this is the thing, right? When you tap into your own essence, your own worthiness, creativity, just it just goes off the charts, right? Because yeah. I don't feel like I'm, I'm definitely not a songwriter, but I guess now I am. But um, so Inner Sovereignty, I just started vibing, writing, writing down words and phrases that I knew were anchoring it. Chase, when he was 12, he almost died in a riptide. My husband saved him and actually he was 10. And mm. so, you know, riptide is in here and, and I, it's just, um, it, it's actually the it's my song it's the essence of who i am right and it's like inside is the doorway out inside is the doorway to your inner sovereignty because i believe that we must go inside to develop our worthiness and discovery and people are so afraid of it um so yeah i i it's a it's it's um, a wonderful, wonderful song, and it's just about energy. Um, and you are enough, right? And 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 the riptides that take us all, and yet we get to choose. And so it's just I don't know. Every word has meaning for me. It's just a beautiful piece. So here is Chad Hollister and Kip Hollister, mm-hmm. the songwriter. Yes. Inner sovereignty. Thanks, Jim. Inside is a doorway out. Inside. 
Inside is the doorway to my inner sovereignty. I am worthy where I want to be. My inner sovereignty. Lead with hearts and love. Secret feminine from above all emotions. Feel them all. Out of the ego mind we go. Present to what makes us grow like a river. Let it flow. The inside is. Inside is the doorway to my inner sovereignty. I am worthy where I want to be. My inner sovereignty. beautiful song and a tribute to Chase Hyde and um, and to Kip and to your brother and I love the way your eyes light up in talking about your brother I have a sister who I used to call my kid sister but our relationship has just taken off since we've gotten older and and worked together and is uh, Chad older than you younger no he's younger yeah, yeah. I'm one of five I, may, I love all my siblings I'm so lucky but yeah. yes he's my younger brother wonderful <laughs> wonderful and he's up in Vermont and yeah. uh, has a studio up there yes Chad Hollister you can look him up great Chad Hollister but yeah he's has a website everything wonderful uh-huh. wonderful Kip what 
What have we not talked about? Oh, gosh. You know, I, I had not, just like you coming on the well-being walk. Mm-hmm. It's funny being on the other side. Mm-hmm. I had no expectation coming in here. So I've loved our conversation. Mm-hmm. I, you know, what I love most is it's an authentic conversation. Yeah, right? I feel me very too. I feel very connected with you, Jim. I, do too. I, and, and when I'm in this space, I feel I am able to break through those imposter voices mm-hmm. and come to the other side where there's so much creativity and imagination. And I and that's really what I want to give to so many thousands, millions of other people, because that access we all have and it is so rich. Um, and I guess that's I, I'll, I'll tell you, in the spirit of full disclosure, yes. I was more nervous today than I've been for about I've done a lot of shows, um, but this would top the the peak. And the reason is yeah. because I have come to value our relationship so much mm. and I didn't want to blow it. I didn't uh-huh. want to blow the interview. I had See these that? little voices uh-huh. saying, hey, you're not going to ask the right questions. Uh-huh. And you've got kept for an hour and don't blow it. And that, I think, is a testament to our, our connection and to how much yes. I value that connection. So the Hollister Group was founded as and continues to be a staffing organization. And within the Hollister Group, you can find the Cultures Division. I really encourage people to go to the website. It's www.hollistergroup.com. Go in, poke around. You will find the Cultures Division in there and online courses that you can take. Chase Chase Your Dreams. Your Dreams. I love that. Mm-hmm. Chase Your Dreams, uh-huh. which is an online offering. And Kip also does retreats, mm-hmm. which I just are uh, one of them that we talked about a lot unlocking about is the mind. Unlocking the Mind. Can you talk a little bit about Unlocking the Mind? You know, it's, it's really a leadership retreat uh, that... I always say where you, where you are is where you are and where you want to be is your point B. And we work on what's in between that's the gap, which are these uncovering and discovering these limiting beliefs and that hold us back from, you know, that dim our light. I've, I've talked about how I, I have dimmed my light a lot in my life and the opportunity to break through and and really uh, be in a transformed state of being human first and I always say you know your identity is not what you do it's who you be the one gift I would give to my children or anybody younger than me would be to engage in something like unlocking the mind early it's true get on your path find your inner self Mm -hmm. Uh, love is an inside job Mm -hmm. all of the work you do here on this planet is an inside job it starts on the inside and then grows outward nothing from the outside coming in is gonna is gonna help you find that satisfaction so I, you know, I would really encourage uh, anybody, any of our listeners to get into the cultures division on the website, hollistergroup.com and consider the retreat with Kip. I can tell you, you will be glad you did. I just want to thank you, Kip, thanks. for your friendship. Thank you for your connection. And uh, thanks for this time. No, it's been special. Thank mm-hmm. you. For my guest, Kip Hollister, I am Jim Derrick saying thanks for listening to Chapters and we'll see you next week. Thank you.